Last time, we've been in this series, and we concluded today, uh, called Cycles. Um, and so I want to just do a quick review to see how much you remember about what we have taught so far. I'm going to start it, and you finish it. And if you don't finish it, I'm going to preach the same sermon so you get it. Here we go. If you don't like the product, change the... That was 20%. Let's try it again. If you don't like the... Change the... One more time. Everybody, all campuses, everybody, we're saying it two more times. Shout it out loud. If you don't like the... Change the... Don't you forget that. You can't, you can't, you can't pray for a new product until you change the pattern. The pattern is what is your legacy that you're going to give to the next generation. So make sure if you don't like what you're getting in life right now, there's a pattern that's causing it. You change that pattern and it results in a different product. Then, then we suggested it is your direction, not your intention, that determines your destination. If you're going up 75 and you're going 75 north, there is no way you're getting to downtown Dallas. Because if you're going north, you're not going to downtown. So it is your direction, not how good your intentions are, that determine where you're going to end up. And last time what we said was if, you, if you're trying to find a godly man or a godly woman, they're not in the club. So don't tell me you're looking in the club talking about you want to, be a, you want to find a godly spouse. You're going in the wrong direction. You won't go and get to South Dallas. Okay? All right. So then we suggested... It's okay. It's all right. It's going to be all right. Then we, <laughs> then we suggested, come on, let's go. I don't have a whole lot of time for y'all today. Then we suggested, here we go. We said that we must choose what we want most over what we want now. We said we must, um, no matter how much you want something, you must choose what you want most versus what you want now. What you want most is a healthy body, then you must choose broccoli, not donuts. <laughs> what you're saying is, I, 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 my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So if that's true, leave pizza alone. Somebody said, oh no. Must <laughs> I rebuke that thought? I love pizza. <laughs> All I'm trying to suggest is, it is, it is, you must choose what you want most over what you want. That's not everybody. Last time. You must choose what you want over what you want. You got it. Um, and so today, I want to talk about some of your habits. I want to talk about good ones today. But right before I get there, I want to tee up some of you. Let me, let me list, list the ones I want to tee up. I want to tee you up on your phone and on your tablet in bed. I want you to get off of that. If you're going to bed, go to bed. If you're working, go in, go in your little place where you work. I, I want to tee up checking your phone while you're having a conversation with somebody. How disrespectful. And you have normalized it so much, you don't even realize that it's disrespectful. I, I, want, I, want to, I want to tee up thinking about toxic people who are not thinking about you, but you have them in your, right on your shoulder like they care about you. It's a bad habit you have. The, per, the person not even here no more. 
They ain't another state. And you're still thinking about them every day. All your decisions are impacted by what they said to you in the past. You don't even realize it, but they're infecting you as we speak. Some of them in the grave, and they're still infecting you. I want to tee that up. I want to tee up. Here we go. I want to tee up gossiping. You have made it one of your favorite habits. You don't even have to think about it anymore. You just do it. You love it. You love just talking about other folk. You came in here today, look at look at what she have on. Just a critical spirit. I rebuke it in Jesus' name today. Here we go, last one. You comparing yourself to everybody. Comparing yourself and lusting after what they have or don't have. Or comparing yourself saying you better than that one. I want to read you of the habit, the wicked habit called comparison today. In order to do that, we got we to gotta start with a pretty fascinating passage of scripture found in Matthew chapter 11. So why don't you stand with me and let's see what God has to say to us today in Matthew chapter 11. And let's see if you can find anything instructive for your soul today. Everybody touch the person beside you and you say, you got to read. If you're up top, say the same thing. You got to read. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Good God Almighty. In other words, if you're here today and you think you have a little bit of notoriety and you think you got a little education and you think you don't become wise in the world's sight, then God is saying, there's some stuff I'm going to hide from you because of your arrogance. There's some stuff he's hiding. The context is the, the, the three cities had just saw all the goodness of God and still didn't want God. They wanted what God could give them but not the life he wanted for them. Ooh, that sounds like some American Christians today. They want all the things God can give them, but they don't want God, or they want God at their convenience. He says, if that's you, there's some stuff I'm going to hide from you, because if you're not like a baby, if you're not like an infant, if you're not dependent and wanting Jesus, then there's some stuff he's going to keep from you. Next verse, watch it. Here's what he says. Yes, Father, for this way was well-pleasing in your... What way? What way? What way? You being humble and you being gentle, just like a baby. If you come to him with your arrogance, the problem, is, problem with arrogance is the more stuff you get, the more money you get, the more wealthy your city and your country is, the more you think you don't need God. And he said, if that's you, watch out, America, because if that's you, then, then there's some stuff I need to just hide from you because you, you, you're going to reject it. Watch it next verse, verse 27. Here's what it says. Come on. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son. And anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal. Huh. Here's what God said. You cannot get to the Father without me. 
Jesus says, I know you've heard all roads lead to heaven. Okay. All roads lead to Jesus. And what you do with him determine what happens next. Last verse, here's what he says now. This is the part that we're going to do our exposition on today. He says, read just the first phrase. He says, come to me. Stop right there. He's, it's, a, it's an invitation and it's a command. He says, come to me. But who's he talking about? Who's he talking about? All who are weary and heavy late. Let me give you some other adjectives. All who are anxious. All who are stressed out. All who cannot find peace. All who can't sleep at night. All who get up all in the middle of the night and cannot go back to bed. All who you have more stuff to do that you don't have time to do. He says to all of y'all, y'all need to come to me. Because I have an incentive for you coming. He says, and I will give you There it is. He says, if your soul needs rest, then I'm the only one that can give you that kind of rest. He says, he said this, by the way, this is the number one apologetic in our culture right now because our culture has never been more stressed out and ticked off than it's ever been. And what everybody's looking for is how do I find rest? Because of the device in your hand, everybody's trying to say, it is driving me nuts. How do I find rest? And that's not everybody. How do I find? Yes. Here we go. So then he says, next verse. Then he says, then he says, take my yoke upon and learn from. Hold on. I got a problem with the passage. If I already have too much on me, why are you giving me another yoke? The reason I'm giving it to you is because it's not your kind. It's his kind. So what he says is, for, read it, for I am and in. Stop right there. No, you see the connection? He says, I don't give my pearls to arrogant people. I give it to people who are gentle and humble. Why? Because that's who Jesus is. What's the opposite? The opposite is the Pharisees who are not humble but arrogant, who are not gentle but mean. And so he said, don't be like them. Be like me. One community church. He's saying to us, don't bother with the arrogant stuff. I don't care how much you know. I don't care how much money you have. Just realize, stay humble. I don't care. I don't care what you got. Stay humble because you can lose everything you got. So don't let him have to take it to teach you humility. You humble yourself before the Lord. Here's what he says. Last verse. Oh, no, 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 no. Here we go. And you will find rest for your last verse. Here we go. Here we go. Here's what he says now. Why all of this? For my yoke is, and my burden is, say that again, for my yoke is, stop right there. So if you're burdensome today, it's because you got a yoke that didn't come from God. If you're stressed out today, it's because somebody put something on you that have no business being on you, and what you ought to do is take up the yoke of his, because his is and his burden is, look at the person beside you before you sit down. Everywhere in the, in the, in the atrium as well and say, whose yoke do you have on? Don't answer. Now have a seat. <laughs> Lord, have mercy today.
Here we go. On today, I want to deal with this issue called your identity, who you are, shapes your action. Your identity, who you are, is going to determine how you behave. I want to talk about that for a moment, so let's see if we can walk down the aisle a little bit and see if we can get us started here. Ladies and gentlemen, some of us have some really, 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 really bad habits. The problem with a bad habit is it's never satisfied. It always wants more. You, you know what I mean. If you're here today and you've ever eaten a potato chip, you know what I mean. If you're here today and, and you've eaten a potato chip, it, it, it go, uh, the reason I didn't illustrate this is because over four services, I'd have eaten four bags. And so I'm not too much salt, too much carbs. I'm not eating that, all right? So, so the idea is, the problem with a potato chip is you can't just eat. I mean, you can try. But in about five minutes, after you have the first one, you're going to do this. You're going to, well, um, you're going to be in a conversation. Though, yeah, man, I see what you're saying. Yeah, mm, I think that's a good idea. Um, and so what I'm thinking is, and let's say these are chips, you're going to say, let me eat some more. And before you know it, you're going to be eating more and more and more and more. And I praise a small bag because if it's not a small bag, you're going to keep going. And you're going to eat more and more. And then you're going to go to the host and say, host, do you have any more any more, ch any, more ch any more chips? <laughs> and if you're not careful, you're going to eat and eat and keep eating. Why? Because that bad habit of yours ultimately, ultimately cannot be satisfied because the more you eat is the more you want. Let's change the habit, whatever it is. You're gonna, the way habits work is it starts with a cue, then it goes to a craving, then it goes to a response, and then you get the reward. <sighs> it was so good. Whatever it is. Let's say it's gambling. It was so. <sighs> Even though you lost $1,000. The problem with it is the way dopamine works, you always want more and you're never satisfied. And so the next time you go, it's going to take more to get that same feeling. And so before you know it, you get loaded up on stuff and you think, you think, you think you're in control of it. But the truth is, it's in control of you. And so before you know it, you keep going and going until it becomes a lifestyle and until it becomes a part of you and you never knew a time when you didn't do what you're currently doing. Because you get the thrill and the feel of it. And so over time, without even knowing it, this is what happened to you. You get so weighted down and so now you're walking around weighted down can't go to the next level, all because of these bad habits that you have. The doors of promotion can't open because of the bad office habits that you have. And so what you really look like, ladies and gentlemen, is you really look like this. This is how you look. You really look like this. Pray for me. You really look like, you really look like, 
a big oversized person trying to fit and you cannot get to your calling, you cannot get to the next level because the habits of your current life is weighing you down and you cannot move to the next dimension because of the bad, stinky habits that you got. Take a picture, look at yourself. This how you look. Trying to go to the next level, hitting your head on the ceiling, can't get beyond it. Everybody can see that that ain't where you belong, except you. Everybody can see that you're supposed to be at this level, but because of your habits, they keep you back. And all you start doing is blaming everybody else around you instead of looking in the mirror and saying, I must choose what I want most over what I want now. And so your life is defined, and you go around life, and the problem is the more you do it, the more you normalize. So now you're, you're eating food from a table that's for kids when you're supposed to be up here, you're looking like a fool eating down here. If that's you, say, Lord, help us. That's four of you. If that's you, say, Lord, help me. Let me say it another way. Everybody together, say, Lord, help me. Finally, it took three times to let you admit your own foolishness. So what's, so what's the challenge? Watch what he says. He says, come to me. That's where he starts out. He says, come to me. Then he's going to say, take my yoke. And then he's going to say, learn from me. Those are the three commands. Come to me. This is where you find intimacy. Then he's going to say, take my yoke. Learn from me. Is what he's going to say. But when it comes to come to me, we don't go to God with our burdens. What do we do? Instead, here's what we do. We want to carry our burdens. We want to bury our burdens. And we want to marry our burdens. What, what do you mean? You, you want to carry them. Instead of, instead of coming to God and giving them to him, you want to carry them around. And you want to load yourself up. It's like before you had wheels on the suitcases, people will just carry them. And so you see somebody looking like a fool walking with two big old suitcases on the shoulder when you could simply be pulling it with wheels. Jesus invites you to put some wheels on so that he can, he, it, because he says his yoke is easy. Instead of carrying them, then some of us, we bury our burdens. That's the person who keeps ignoring your financial situation. So instead of saying, no, I'm in, I'm, in, I'm in real bad trouble. I have major financial issues. I got to go get some help. No, no, no. You pretend as if you fine. You're still going to Walmart. You're still going to Target. You're still going everywhere to buy stuff when you know you don't have the money to pay. And when people come and call you, you lie to your kids. Tell them I ain't here. Tell them, don't pick that phone up. Don't pick that phone up. And when you put it in there, you put do not answer. So the next time it rings, you say, mm -mm, I know you, I ain't answering you. Because you bury it. You don't want, you want to live an illusion as if you ain't broke. And too many people do that to their birth. And then some of us marry our burdens. In other words, you and your burdens have now become one. So now you're not choosing anymore. It chooses you. You're not following, you're not, you're not calling the shots anymore. 
It's calling your shots. Because you and your burdens have become one. And now you can't help but do it simply because you have not checked yourself and dealt with it. So he says, instead of that, what I want you to do is I want you to come to me. Go back. I want you to come to me. All the, and then he says, I want you to take my yoke. Take my yoke. What do we do instead? Instead of attaching to Jesus, we attach ourselves to other things. So what we do is we say, uh, Jesus, you can't help me, so I'm going to attach to some unhealthy people. Now you got some people in your life that have no business being in your life, but you're attached to them because you don't want to go to Jesus. You want to go to somebody else to soothe your pain. But that's not enough. So then you want to go to unhealthy things. So now you gravitate to some things and you want to hold on to them tight because this is where this helps you cope with the difficulties of life. So now you're trying to cope. And so instead of running to Jesus and taking his yoke, you take it on unhealthy things. And then you have unhealthy cycles where there's just this pattern where you keep doing the same thing. Here we go. It's a cue. It's a craving. It's a release. And then it's a reward. <sighs> and we do it over and over again, expecting different results, knowing it will never change unless you change the pattern. Same result unless you address the pattern. Turn your page over now. Let's go. Oh, no, no, no. One more. Then he says, learn from me. But instead of learning from me, what we decide to do is decide to add Jesus to our lives, but not fully surrender to God. And the more you have, the more you don't need Jesus, so you don't realize that you have to not just add him when you need him, but he wants all of you. He wants every part of you, and he wants full surrender. But instead of doing that, we decide, mm-mm, not that big a deal, we're going to be all right. Like this, this is what some of us do. So some of us think, well, it's just me. And since it's just me, it's not going to be a big deal. Nobody's going to find out, hopefully. If I bury it, hopefully it's going to get better. But you don't realize that just because you think it's affecting you, it's not just affecting you, it's affecting everybody else. But you don't think so. So you think, this is what you think happened, it's just me, so here we go. If I fall down, I'm good. Nobody else gets affected. Nothing could be further from the truth. If you live your life with bad habits... It will become a legacy that everybody else attaches to you will have to go through. So you're not just impacting you, ladies and gentlemen. What you're doing is when you have these bad habits, you're going to impact everybody else that's attached to you. So when you think you're just confining it to you, the idea is no, you're not. It's affecting everybody else. The danger of that. Some of you will be like, can I clap now? Yes, go ahead, clap. Hurry up, get it out of your system. Hurry up. Okay, good. That's not. So now, the danger is you think it's just you. But once you open that door into your own heart, you let it into your entire environment. And so you think, well, it's small for me, but it's going to be an acorn. It's going to be an um, oak tree for your kids. You think it's not that big a deal for me. It's just a small seed. But it's a giant tree later on. I'm just telling you, 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 you don't get to hide from it. 
It's affecting it because you let it in your house and the devil is dying to use it to infect every person attached to you. Look at the person next to you. Break the habit, 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 break the habit. Tell the other one, break the habit. Tell the other one, you look stuck, break that habit. So then, so then my question is, why then do we not break these bad habits? And then how do we form new ones? Here we go. Why then do we not break them? They can get that later. Here we go. Number one, here's what, here's it. Uh, we focus on the what, but we do not understand the how. You ever do this? You focus on, well, I need to stop this, so I'm going to stop it. And you have willpower, I'm going to stop it. But you're focusing on the product instead of focusing on the pattern. You got to focus on, well, what is it going to take for me to do this? Su successful Christians do daily what unsuccessful Christians do occasionally. Wow. What, what, what successful believers do is they do it every day. They have a regimen, they have a routine, they have a certain set of habits, and they're doing it small amounts every single day. What, non, what, what Christians who just think, well, I don't, I'm not going to take God that seriously, you do it when it's a time of crisis. It's not a regular habit. What we're trying to say is you got to focus on what's the pattern that's getting you there, and there's a pattern that rolls this out. Number two, then, is um, because we don't see progress fast enough. All of us know this. We really do. You say, well, I want to lose some weight. And so you say, all right, all right, we're going to lose some weight this time. And so you decide you're going to go to the gym two days, and you'll be like, I don't see no change. You decide, okay, I'm going to be vegan. Vegan. And so you start for one week, and you don't see no change. You're like, I knew this didn't work, and it tastes bad too, so I ain't doing it. I'm going to change it. <laughs> Some of you say, well, I'm in conversation. I'm, I have this habit of talking to people, and while I'm talking to them, I'm on my phone. Still, oh, yeah, yeah, I got, mmm, that's interesting. Mm, okay, mmm, on your phone. Bad habit. And say, all right, all right, all right. I ain't going to get a promotion if I don't do that. So let me figure out what I need to do. And all of a sudden you decide, I'm just going to put my phone down and I'm just not going to take it when I have meetings. And you do it for four days and you'll be like, they put me to sleep when they talk. I don't want to do that no more. My mind works. My mind goes faster than they can talk. So I get bored listening to them. So let me just go back to what I usually do. That's because, don't confess your sins out loud. Um, that's because, that's because we don't see progress fast enough. <laughs> Number three says, watch this one now, this one's big. We, or distorted identity sabotages our success. Or this, okay, you're not feeling this one. Um, um, you remember Moses? You remember my boy Mo? What did Mo say? Mo says, God says, hey Mo, go to Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. Mo says, I can't talk. But what, what, what do you get that from? I mean, you used to articulate very well. You learned at the best schools. What happened all of a sudden? Because of his failure in his past, when he killed that Egyptian, all of a sudden now, he is terrified of facing Pharaoh, and all of a sudden, he can't do what God's called him to do because of his distorted identity. Just because you failed in one season don't mean God don't want to use you in the next. Don't let, 
a distorted identity mess up who God's calling you to do and to be, what he's calling you to do and what he's calling you to be. So then what happens here is we have this cycle that keeps going on because we don't see success quickly. We have an unhealthy identity that creates an unhealthy habit that reinforces an unhealthy identity, and then we just stay with the same pattern over and over again. But if you want to change that, you got to change your identity so it looks like this. you got to have a healthy identity that creates a positive habit that reinforces a healthy identity. And you've got to let that go. The problem is it don't happen fast enough for us. So why doesn't it happen fast enough for us to take a look? So now you have to understand how the brain works. You see, put all of them up. See, here's the problem with the brain. The brain has habits that it loves. And it's the one you fed it early. And so because it has those habits, now to start a new one, it's really hard. So let me show you what I mean. So the brain, once you have a habit that's established, the brain says, this is the place I want to go because it's easy. I don't have to do no work. The brain wants everything to be automated. I don't have to think. I just do it. So you just follow the path and just do it. It's the reason why when, you, when you're going somewhere else, you, you, you take one way to go to work, but you're going somewhere else, and all of a sudden, you end up at work when that's not where you were trying to go. It's because the brain loves paths that it doesn't have to create new ones. The brain is wired for survival and evasion. And, ex- and to expend extra energy, it don't like it at all. Therefore, the brain prefers to hold on to destructive habits because it, say it with me, easy. So here's the, here we go now. So the brain says, I like this path. This is the one. This is the bad habit track, but it's a full road. It's a full freeway. It has lines and everything in the middle of it in your brain. This is the way we go. When you're going to try and do a new habit, the brain says, Uh Uh-uh. All I see over there is trees, which means I got to have some some dump trucks and, and some tractors and some stuff to clear that out and then pave a new road. That's too much work. Let's keep doing this. That's exactly how your brain thinks. And the reason you don't is because it's too hard to do. So then how in the world do we begin the process of creating new pathways? Please listen to me now. How do we create your new pathways? Here you go. Four of them. Let's, let's place them all up. Number one, make it obvious. Number two, make it attractive. Number three, make it easy. Number four, make it satisfying. Say all of them with me. Number one, make it obvious. Number two, make it attractive. Number three, make it easy. And number four, make it That's not everybody. Okay, you wrote it down now. You got it out of your system. I want you to say it out loud. If you're going to build a new road, you've got to make it these four things. Number one, make it. Number two, make it. Number three, make it. Number four, make it. Last time, I want you to get this. You will never pave a new road to a good habit if you don't do it appropriately and if you don't do it correctly. Pastor Matt, I need you. Ray, go up and do it for me. Change that for me, yeah. Uh, So you have to be able to create a new habit. And if it's going to be a good one, last time together, everybody, it has to be. That's not everybody up there. You're not saying a word. Come on now. It has to be. Then it has to be. Then it has to be. Then it has to be. You got it. All right. So let's say now you you said to yourself, okay, self, um, 
I'm going to try and spend some time with God this time. I'm going I'm I'm to get this habit. I'm trying to do it this year. I, I got to get some habit. Then you got to make it obvious. You got to have a chair in your house or an area in your house that's reserved for God and God alone. Your kids must know, don't go there. That's sacred territory right there. That's where mom goes to pray. That's where dad goes to pray. You got to make it obvious. It's got to be a designated area that has your little Bluetooth stuff, that has your little Bible, and you're ready to go. Once you start there, then you got to make it attractive. How do you make it attractive? You have your Bible there. You got some music there. Now it's a little more attractive to you. Then number three, you got to make it easy. Put your alarm clock in the chair. So when you get up in the morning, you got to get up out of your bed, go to that chair to turn it off and put your Bible over the alarm clock. So that it's, it's, it's just easy for you to do it because if you don't, you're going to walk away. And then last thing, make it satisfying. Then you have a little checker where you say, okay, I did my devos today. Check. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't do that. Your brain's not going to create a new pathway and a new habit. You do that. You begin the process. And then you go, let's, let's choose someone, one that some of you like. Let's say it's going to the gym. Uh, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and I want people that love Jesus and have good bodies. They, 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 they have a good body, and they don't have a good body to show it off. Like some of you. I have a good body. Another set of you. The third set, this one's a little harder. <laughs> Let's leave that one alone. Leave that one alone. Leave that one alone. <laughs> leave that one alone. Let's say, I, I, uh, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Make it obvious. Put your gym bag in your car. You go in the car, your gym bag look at you and say, what you going to do now? Number two, make it attractive. While on the way there, you listen to something that you love to listen to, so it fires you up as you go to the gym. Make it easy. You're going to love this part. Just go to the gym and sit down there for five minutes, then get up and leave after five. <laughs> Somebody bell the praise. I can do that. Praise the Lord. I can do that. Why are you doing that first? Don't make it hard. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go an hour and a half. Oh, man, I'm going to lose this. I'm going to hour and a half. Joker, calm down. Just five minutes. Just do what healthy people do. Just go sit in that gym and take some deep breaths. It smells like sweat. <laughs> Depending on the gym you go to. So anyways. And then leave. The next morning, same thing. Do it for a whole week. Five minutes. They're going to look at you crazy like you, like you cuckoo. But it's okay. You're getting into the habit of what they do. Then the next week, you add, you add five minutes on the treadmill walking. That's all you're doing. You're like, make it easy. Become the kind of person that does that before you take on too big of a goal and then get disappointed. And then uh, make, it, make it satisfying. Then you have, don't, don't go have no big old smoothie that just add all the um, calories back to what you do. So get a protein bar or something. Make it satisfying, one that you like, peanut butter or whatever you like. But if you don't do that, I'm just telling you, it's not going to happen. By the way, here, here's why this is so important. The reason this is so important 
is because whatever the good habit that you start, it's going to affect you, but it's also going to affect my spouse or my singleness, and it's also going to affect my community, and it's also going to affect my kids, and it's also going to affect my capacity, and it's also going to affect my career, and it's also going to affect my money. I mean, that should say God's money, because it's not yours, but it's also going to affect my health, and it's also going to impact my mind, and then it's also going to impact my calling, and then lastly, it's going to impact your eternity. All because you started one habit. And if you think it's not, the moment you start it, it ignites something. All of a sudden, you see your kids talking about, uh, um, what is this chair doing in your room, buddy? Well, I saw you and mommy have one, so I want to have a chair for me and God too. And then all of a sudden, you're like, <laughs> I thought he wasn't getting anything. But he got a little bit. Yeah. And they're consuming way more than you think. So when you start working out, they want to work out with you. And when you start pursuing good, healthy, life-giving community, they're going to want to have some friends that are life-giving too. And when you start being generous, then all of a sudden, they want to be generous too. But it's all because you started something. No, by the way, you're not doing it for them. You're doing it for you. The good news is there's a blessing associated with doing it for you. That's far-reaching. So before you know it, I just love the sound of this. So before you know it, Let's make sure they ain't gonna hit nobody and get sued. Okay, we look good. Then before you know it, that just sounds good, doesn't it? That's just, just, I'm sorry. It's just my ADD kicks in sometimes. But before you know it, it's impacting so many people around you, all because you decided to do something that will impact your life for your glory, for God's glory. All I'm saying is, all I'm saying is this. Your identity, that's my current identity with my bad habits, but I'm going to live out who God says I am. Everybody read this for me, please. Read it. You're going to live your life based on who God says I am, not based on the bad habits of your current situation. So since this is who God's calling you to be, then you act. You're no longer a slave to whatever that habit is. God says, you are my child and you are loved. Therefore, I'm going to live my life based on who God's calling me to be, not based on who my feelings or what my feelings say it wants. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> um, when, you have a, when you have a scuba tank, it's heavy on your back. But when you go into the environment of the ocean, it sets you free. If you have gliders on your back going up, when hikers go up to the mountains, 
It's hard when you're going up. But once you put those gliders on, you get to see things that other people can't see. All God is asking you to do today is you stressed out folk, will you come to me? All who are weary and heavy laden. And here's what he says, I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn from me. And watch the difference in your life. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, will you help one community church um, cultivate healthy habits? The habit of intimacy with God. The habit of budgeted generosity. The habit of gratitude. Will you help us create and build healthy habits? The habit of being in a life-giving community. Will you help us create healthy habits so that, God, the people that are dependent on us will see how we live our lives and want to pattern their lives after us. But, God, because of who you've called us to be, help us to live that out in our daily lives and not simply live based on our desires or cravings and our wants. Teach us to learn from you. Your ways are really not ours. Create a light in this community because every person at one community church decides to have a regular time of coming to you. Which then means we're going to take your yoke and learn from you. Which then means we're going to live the abundant life that you've called us to. Empower us afresh to live this out for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Amen.